Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back once again. It's a charity shot pitch free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alex Tossby, the Rectosopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider is in Europe, so we will miss him. We are brought to you by the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. Go to Believe.com. What kind of podcast do you want? We got those podcasts there at Believe.com. There's also a bunch of other stuff happening, so follow the Believe Network on Twitter, on Instagram. We have video content coming your way. All that good stuff. We're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. As per usual, go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Once again, get 50% off. You're welcome. Bonus. Toss. Couple, a couple minutes here in segment one. Yeah. Are you happy? We're going to talk NBA today. We'll talk a little home run derby. We're going to talk college football. But first, in this first couple minutes, do you think there's too big a deal being made about the Madden ratings, Jamar Chase not in the top ten, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel not in the top ten wide receivers. Do you think there's too much of a big deal being made about that, or is that actually kind of insulting and ridiculous? Well, I think for me, I compare Madden a lot to 2K because those are two of the sports games that are at the forefront yeah. in the gaming industry. 2K does a really good job of adjusting ratings as the season goes along. Madden's mm. not not as quick to do that. So I, I think that it's an important thing for some of these guys. They don't want to feel disrespected. Um, their likeness is being used in the games, obviously. And we love lists, right? Like, that's all we do is make lists of guys. And Jamar Chase is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL. Five. And, and some people will say five. And I actually say five. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people will. So I think, yeah, I think it's an issue that he's at least not in the top 10. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's why, cause he's young and they don't like promote moving guys up too quickly. I don't know. I never understood that. Like, Oh, he's, he's, it's only his second year. So let's not like reward him too, too quickly. The guy had a, a historic season after Justin Jefferson had the historic season. I mean, he was unguardable. And the team went to the Super Bowl. It's just kind of ridiculous. I just wanted to throw that out there at the top. We'll get into more of the legitimate sports stuff. But, you know, we all play Madden, so why not discuss it? Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, where the charity strike brought to you by Believe. We'll be back in just a hot second. Yo, yo, yo. Back at you. The charity strike. Pitch your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis. Toss me the rock. Brought to you by the Believe Network. B-L-E-A-V. I was at the home run derby bucket list moment of mine. Toss, unfortunately you were sick. You were supposed to come with me. Wish you were there. Got to go with my buddy Graham, who was a great person to go with. We deleted a lot of barbecue. We sat there and it was, you know, what's an environment that you don't get at NBA games for some reason, or you, you get less at NBA games and sometimes you get it at football games more so at college but you really get it at baseball games. And especially when there's an environment like this, the home run derby where no one's got real, real skin in the game. And the crowd is just kind of, you know, there to just enjoy watching guys hit bombs. 
very yeah. talkative group of people around me in a good way, like conversations being made, hanging out. It was very family friendly and oriented. And that was the first time I'd been to Dodger Stadium in a long time. I'd gone to Sox Yankees at the beginning of the year at Yankee Stadium. But I really enjoyed that aspect of the home run derby. And I wanted to throw that out there. Where were you seated in the park? Um, between home and first, not in like field level, but the lo- lo- they call it loge, like the one above, a great seat, like 122, like you, where you could put that, you know, together in your mind. I, it was the seats were really amazing. Shout out to Tracy Sandler, the Tracy Sandler show, who hooked us up with tickets. Uh, forever grateful again really was a bucket list thing for me to do and i we don't love the new format we were talking about it earlier where it's head to head and it's a bracket style based on seeding of how many home runs you've hit in the the regular season going into this it probably should be the best four advanced similar to the three-point contest but i still think the home run derby trumps the three-point contest and dunk contest for me Definitely the dunk contest. I thought the stars they got to be in the home run derby, they always fill it with guys that are good. Well, the the thing about the immediate thing that comes to mind when you're talking about the dunk contest versus the home run derby or the three-point contest, the dunk contest is very, very different because Mm -hmm. the other two activities are the exact same every single time, but for a three-pointer to watch someone hit 15 in a row, like the amazement comes from the consistency and the amount of three-pointers that those guys are able to hit in a row, right? Mm, Yeah. For home runs, it's an impressive feat just to see a guy take a ball 450. Yeah. The dunk contest, we've seen Vince Carter do the the honey dip, right? We've seen MJ do the free-throw line, Dr. J do the free-throw line. And so guys have to come with totally new dunks because anything that we've already seen before, we're already meh. It's all right. Numb to it. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. also the, the, the level of competition they get in the dunk contest is, is just meh every year. And it's also so subjective. Like the three point contest, like you make the amount you get home run, home run derby, you hit the amount you get, even though there has been some issues with Kyle Schwarber. Uh, people were saying that they shorted him by one to let Pujols advance. Um, I, I will say, there were a couple times when I was watching some of those rounds during the home run derby where as someone who is hypersensitive to how the guys play the game, how some of these guys were swinging the bats where a couple of missed swings where I was like, Oh, that didn't look good. That looked like, like these guys are really competing out there, which is part of the reason why the product is so good. Of course, you never want to see anyone get hurt. And that that's a, a, one of the major issues that I think like a general manager would bring up to a guy who wants to compete in the home run derby, but it, it, it is a little easier for the body because you're really just taking BP and these guys can take any ball, you know, 400, 420 with, with ease as we saw, right. Unless you're uh, Albert Pujols, who is barely getting him over the fence, but just awesome. Yeah. That he got to compete and go deep into this, into this tournament, I think, which is, also indicative maybe that the format isn't the best, but the head-to-head matchup, we just, we want to nitpick it right now because Julio Rodriguez hit over 80 home runs uh, over the course of a night, which is unbelievable. 
And the ones he was hitting were like some of them, like the bombs are great, but the laser shots to left field that slip in between the foul pole were awesome. And especially from where I'm sitting. So I see it come off the bat and I see it laser through. I mean, these guys are roping some of these hits. Yeah. I mean, like it would have been cool to see Seager, who's a former hometown hero, advance to the next round. The crowd was really behind Seager and he hit 24 in the first round, which was great. Um, and it was, probably would have been enough for him to advance. And Pujols, everyone, the players like were swarmed him after his first round. Like he obviously is such a legend and so well respected that it really was awesome for him to come out and go and compete. And it is, I mean, I had the feeling like, okay, these guys are swinging with all their might. What if someone hurts their oblique? But then you get into like, what if a pitcher goes to pitch in the all-star game and, and blows their UCL? You know what I'm saying? Like anything yeah. can really, and the all-star game too in the NBA, like fortunately knock on wood, we really have never like seen injuries in all-star games like that, that I can remember that are major. So that's been nice. Um, but I, I think that, the home run derby is such a mainstay and really getting to experience it live was awesome. Juan Soto wins. Juan Soto has been major, major, major rumor mill trade speculation. He's been the talk of the town really for the last, you know, week and a half of baseball turned down 15 years, $440 million from the nationals, which seems ridiculous. But if you kind of go by average of how much that is per year, and you don't know whether it's really front loaded or back loaded, it's not like a crazy amount, like compared to some of these other guys. Fifteen years breaks the four forty, like, like not. It, it doesn't break down to over thirty million dollars a year. So I could understand, like, on an average, why he wasn't as stoked as it, uh, you know, as people you know would expect him to be. Obviously, four hundred and forty is a boatload. He may not want to be in Washington for fifteen years. It's so long. He's only twenty three. He's been in the game for a long time. He's already won a ring there. So it seems is he not the if, most is he not the most valuable trade piece in all of baseball? Um, probably is. Yeah, I mean, I don't mm, Otani just Otani maybe right, but that's the only other guy that you would probably put above Juan Soto. Yeah, and but like you know, you if you're building a team, you start with Otani, and then your next piece is definitely Juan Soto because there's no pitcher out there that's as young as him or as consistent as him, even in like, this is like a down year for him where he's hitting like 240 something. His OBP is still hovering around 400. He's got 20 home runs. He's the best. Like, I don't know if he's the best overall hitter in the game. Cause there's a couple guys that are like pound for pound, like, like Devers. And this is not even me being like, you know, a homer. like Devers is just a really good pure hitter. But as far as batter goes, like his ability to draw walks, get on base, like being a batter itself, he's the best for sure. And he's got a good glove, good arm. Like, and you could stick him in DH if you really need to. I, I it just kind of comes down. I was doing it yesterday or last night after I got home from the home run derby. You need to be able to afford him. You need to have the prospect packages. So there's a, the Yankees and the Mets are two teams that can afford him. I think but the issue with the Yankees becomes do you trade for Juan Soto, pay him now and basically declare Aaron judge a free agent, which I think would be the better move or do you kind of let some other team get him and resign judge and keep him and keep Aaron judge there. It's look, if the Braves can let Freddie Freeman walk, anything is possible. Like there's no, there's really no, not that much loyalty in the game clearly. And I think the better move from a manager for the Yankees would be trading 
for Juan So, but that starts with like they have some really they have Jason Dominguez who is nicknamed the Martian for a reason. They have uh Peraza who's a middle infielder. They have Volpe who's a top ten prospect. Volpe's excellent. But it, it starts with those guys. Like if you're the Mets, like they have Francisco Alvarez who's the top prospect now that Riley Green's graduated. It starts with him. Like you're not getting like there's no way the Padres are getting him with that. And I wish Nick was here because I'm sure he'd give me some pushback on it because he wants to keep these guys. But if I'm the Nationals and I'm not getting back C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore to start, this is not, this is a non-issue. And but I, I don't. While I say I think Nick would give me pushback, it's again the most valuable player in baseball. So it's one third. So do you yeah. want one of these guys that could maybe be good? Like this is what we're dealing with prospects. Well, I think guys- it's a little di- it's a little different. And we'll have to get into the next segment, obviously. But it's it's a different scenario between my team, who has also been rumored to be in the mix, the Rangers, and Nick's team, where their team is competing right now, and the Rangers are still a step behind, right? Yeah. yeah. They're still the third team in the AL West. Yeah, absolutely. So it's different. Definitely, we had, they have to be – if you're a teammate, you, have, you, want, you want to be competing if you're going to do this. Uh, Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis. We'll be back in just a hot second with the charity stripe. We're back once again at the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they have uh, Reed, Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, brought to you by the Believe Network. Here we are. Toss, I told you before the show, so you already know. The team with the most bets on it in Vegas so far to win the college football playoff is USC. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, how crazy is that to you? Well, it's probably a... Six. It's not that crazy because it's USC and they have a huge fan base, so a lot of people are going to bet them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think next year would be the bet for them if you want to. Like, it feels like in two years they're going to have a really, really good chance to win. So mm-hmm. next year, their chance will be slightly reduced, so the odds will still be in your favor, but it could be a good flyer kind of pick. This year the feels odds. two years too early. It feels two years too early for them to be the most betted team to win the the college football playoff. The odds right now on uh, Caesars and BetOnline.ag, same odds. USC plus twenty five hundred. Which ranks where? Yeah, Alabama's one at plus one eighty. <laughs> Ohio State is plus three seventy five. Georgia's plus four hundred. I don't like the Georgia one. I think they they lost. They had a lot of turnover. It's going to be interesting to see how they do. Um, Clemson is plus fourteen hundred, which I think Awangalele could have a comeback year, even though he was such a disappointment last year. I think he could bounce back a little bit, and I think Clemson could have a bounce back year. But the ACC is so mid that I I just wish that, like, if Clemson was plus two thousand, I'd love to dance there. You know what I'm saying? Then you yeah. have Trojans and the Aggies are tied at plus twenty five hundred. So the the USC is right there in odds. Notre Dame, Michigan, you know, Oklahoma, us plus five thousand. No, sorry, we're we're like plus four thousand. People really think we can do it this year, which is, hey, every time JLo's got engaged, we've had eleven one season. 
But I saw that. Was, I love that. You, you sent that to us. I mean, and I we're know. having we're, we're having that guy on our show next week that tweeted that. It's hilarious. It's actually, really, he does a good podcast with that uh, covering AM Texas rivalry, which will be renewed soon as far as games go. Um, the thing with like USC that worries me that I think many people are not taking into account is how sneaky this UCLA team is. We'll see what Oregon can put on the field, but really that Utah team is competitive. Cameron rising former Longhorn is a good quarterback. Well, it's also it's year one of Riley's tenure. mm -hmm. Like he has to get settled in. We've seen how many times have we seen a college coach come in year one and win 10 plus games. It typically doesn't happen because you have to bring in all of your recruits. There has to be some amount of turnover where you can get your guys in there mm-hmm. and then really establish that consistency and start winning. Uh, also, Josh, your sister was a USC Trojan. Mm-hmm. You typically are very in tune with this. How many games did they win last year? Four. Yeah, they were four and eight. And seven. Like, <laughs> come on. Wake Yeah. They're not gonna. They're not gonna win the national title next year. It's not and happening. Utah. Utah won ten games last year. They certainly did. Utah won ten games last year, and they. I mean, Ohio State didn't have Wilson, and they didn't have. Um, they didn't have Olave, but they had Smith and Jigba, who literally had a video game type, type game where he had like what three hundred plus receiving yards. This Utah team is sneaky. I'm telling you. I, I honestly, I might, I might bet them just because. To win the, the pack? To win the pack, yeah. I don't know if I could yeah. bet them to win. I can't bet them to win the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah, seems, like a, that seems like a Well, what do you think bet. about that? You think it, USC next year is, for me, like, that's probably, like, the value bet at that time. You, but who you knows? You saw the if video flown, I made. If they've flown up the board this much on a year where they're coming off of a four and eight record, like mm-hmm. where where are they going to be next year? Are they going to be less than plus a thousand? Like they going to be like plus seven hundred next year? At which point, like, do you even want to take that bet? No, you don't want to take that. I mean, this is a good value bet for them for to take. I would say, but I would. But it's also... not a good value bet because they're not going to win. No, they're not going to win. I mean, if you're look, if you're looking just because realistically, it's going to be. Honestly, I think the best value bet that I listed was Ohio State at plus 375. And I grew up a Buckeye fan, and I don't want to seem biased, but I legitimately think, like, Bama's going to be great, but they still have to go through the SEC. We'll see how Michigan bounces back from a turnover there on the defensive side of the football. Ohio State still has Stroud. They still have Smith and Jigba. Julian Flum could you know, pop off this year. Travion Henderson could be the best running back in college football not named B. John Robinson. Like they Ohio state at plus three seventy five. Like if you're, if you're spending a bigger money, if you're spending a hundred bucks on a bet, it doesn't present as much value as you'd like for that plus two twenty five hundred. The hundred to win $2,500 is like the value you'd really want. But if you're throwing a rack, a rack to win 37.5, 37, you know, $3,700 is nice. You know, ten racks. 
almost 40 K. Like if you're getting, you know, seriously, if you're getting in a bigger betting market, like then you could kind of afford to kind of bet those bigger teams. But if you're betting small, it doesn't make as much sense to me. Does that track? Yeah, it tracks. I don't mind the, the Clemson bet either. I mean, if you want to talk about conferences no. that are easy to win in, I would say Clemson is a clear cut tier above the rest of the teams in the ACC. Whereas to me, as you just mentioned, Utah's a really good team. UCLA had a really good team last year. I, I don't, I can't outright say that USC is the best football team in the pack. And, no. and that's why you shouldn't make that bet. Cause if you think they're going to have a cakewalk of a schedule and, and make it because, you know, to the college football playoff, because they're USC, because they're going to win all of their conference games, then that's one thing. But can you confidently say that? No. I have much more confidence in Clemson and that's why their odds are a little bit higher, but they're not so, so high. Like, like you mentioned, you don't necessarily have confidence in their quarterback, but if you did, right, if you were paying a lot of attention to his, his growth and progress as a QE, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a, a flyer you're willing to take. I'm looking at the schedule right now is why I have my phone up. Utah, it's a lot of time on Utah, but this is worthwhile for some people looking to bet and gamble. Like, if you're going to bet in the Pac-12. They don't open the year in Pac-12 play. They open the year at Florida. Okay. Who, Florida is a solid football team. Yeah. And they're an SEC team. They may not, look, they may not be... Georgia or Alabama, see what LSU can do this year. Obviously, there's a coach. They went six and seven last year. But Florida, by and large, is a solid football team. The year before that, they were good. They have Anthony Richardson, who some people think could sneak into the first round as a quarterback. It's a big make or break year for him. Their defense is always pretty solid. Nate, Billy Napier is the coach. Second yeah. year, I believe. So it should be a better turnaround. If Utah goes to the swamp and beats Florida, I don't think it's neutral site. That's going to open people's eyes because that's an SEC win. Again, not Florida, not Bama, but that's still a major, major SEC win. And that's like that's not a that's not a tune. We have you we have since you know what I mean. Utah's Utah's favored by two and a half points right now. Obviously, we're a month out, but. Are they really? Yep. Utah's good, man. Cincinnati on Arkansas is also the opening weekend. I like that game a lot. That's a good game. You know, because you, I mean, look, you want to come Notre Dame at Ohio State. What? Notre Dame at Ohio State, Oregon versus Georgia in Atlanta. Neutral. Neutral. I, why is, why is that a neutral? It's not a neutral site. Although those fans do travel well. And then you have uh, Florida State versus LSU. Yeah, love that. Love, uh, oh, TCU versus Colorado, formerly in the same conference. Now that's fun. Yeah, not a, that's a good opening opening week. What's the what's the teams. best what's the best game you think? Ohio State Notre Dame is that the big money maker? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's got to be Freeman's first game. Uh, you know what? Penn State Purdue is actually that's a good game too. Wow, kicking off with some Big Ten play. That is that yeah. could be a solid game. That's a Thursday night. Yeah, who's their quarterback? Who's the quarterback for Penn for uh, Purdue? O'Connell. Is that the, is it that kid uh, O'Connell? Still, I'm looking it up quickly. I, if it is that kid O'Connell, he he's pretty good. 
should be. Let me double check you because he he had a good. I think it is. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, graduate. He's solid. Se- seasoned seasoned vet. When it comes to this, seasoned veteran in his own time. On the bat, I saw Dispatch this past weekend. Do you like them? Yeah. The song The General. I... You know The General. Do I? He was a decorated general with the heart of gold, lacking in. You know that song, right? Uh, I can't say that you singing it got me there, but no, you know it. Stop! You're just giving me a hard time. Um, yeah, but I he's Connell O'Connell's there. Clifford's there for Penn State too, though. I I don't know. I think Penn State's a house of cards always. I just never buy them. Uh, we'll be back to close it out. Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis. Don't move the dial. Just back in a hot second. We're back once again. It's a charity stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, missing Nikki Snacks Kreider. We're brought to you by Sonos. Use the code Stripe, get 20% off Sonos because why not? The products are phenomenal. Toss, have you hooked up the Sonos bar yet? Are you using it or is it still in the damn box? No, it's it's hooked up. It's been activated with the Sonos app. It's given me crisp, clear sound. I'm listening to Beautiful. Nikki Snack Kreider's sets on SoundCloud. Um, go check him mm-hmm. out. He's a fantastic DJ, Nikki Snacks. Um, I'm also listening to your lovely voice, Josh, as I re-listen to our podcasts and radio shows to hone my craft because don't stop working. It, you gotta you gotta evaluate, right? You can't just hop on the mic talk got to listen to yourself see what you can do better because that's what any good nba player is going to be doing in the offseason right now honing their craft honing their craft and that's a good segue to basketball we're playing basketball okay russ first of all i saw a rumor the other day that was like and i just want to address rumors because the fact that this could even be published on a major outlet is absurd There was a rumor going around that the Knicks were going to trade for Donovan Mitchell and then turn around and flip Julius Randle for Russell Westbrook, giving them Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, and and, and Russell Westbrook on top of R.J. Barrett. Right, and potentially dropping off Evan Fournier in that package too, who has a massive contract. I don't think that's – you think that's a blasphemous statement to make? That those I don't think it's, guys... it's not about it's it's not about the personnel. It's about Russell Westbrook's contract flexibility that he offers a team to vie for future free agents in New York when you don't have to pay Russell Westbrook past this year the thirty-seven million that he's owed when you just signed Julius Randle to a long-term contract. So it's about competing this year, but not really vying for a title. But going for but someone then competing next year. exactly so that you can then pair Donovan Mitchell, who we've seen as the number one player on a team cannot win you a title no. and is a 10 to 15, 10 to 17 best player in the NBA, not a one to 10 best player in the NBA. So I, I understand where they're coming for, where, where they're coming from. Um, of course it's New York, right? So there's going to be a lot of backlash and criticism. Um, that's not really a city where, looking for the future and opting to compete in the future is something that is handled well um, by the fans. But I understand, I understand the rationale behind that move. Yeah, I get it. I still think it's kind of a joke. I'd rather still test my luck with Randall 
because he wasn't great last year by any means, but he wasn't terrible. And then he's a year removed from being an all-star. And if you do go get Donovan Mitchell, why not try running it with Donovan Mitchell, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen? But the thing with the Knicks and everyone's like, you can't win with Donovan Mitchell as the number one guy. And I agree with that. And everyone's coming out and saying that. But everyone is forgetting that the kicker for the New York Knicks has to be that RJ Barrett is the number one guy. You drafted RJ Barrett in that, but you draft him for that. That's why they drafted RJ Barrett. You draft RJ Barrett for him to become the guy. That's the idea, at least. And I don't think that it's impossible. I really don't. I, I well, I, I, he hasn't been an All Star yet. He hasn't been an All NBA player yet. I mean, what? But it's been his, it his second he, year. If you're saying he gets there in his in three seasons from now, like at that point, how old is Donovan Mitchell? Right, he's he's thirty, maybe a little older. How old is Jalen Brunson at that point? He's thirty, maybe a little older. Or he's, I think, he would just at that point be thirty. So I get what you're saying, but it's more of an evaluation of the roster that you currently have. And mm-hmm. Julius Randle will not be. Jalen Brunson was the second best team or second best player on a Western Conference team last year. But Luka Doncic is also a top five player in the NBA. It's yeah. It's, there's a difference between Steph Curry plays with other good talent, but he's also on any given night, the best player in the NBA. And he's also the best shooter the NBA has ever seen. So I you think there's think a consideration between be a guys, top 25 player? but a top 25 player is exactly what Donovan Mitchell is right now. So I, I think what a you're couple saying, of those guys, at least there are very few guys that are, that can be a number one on a title winning team. There are very, very few. I mean, look at all of the teams that have won titles recently. You're talking about Giannis. You're talking about LeBron. You're talking about Steph Curry. You're talking about Kawhi Leonard. Like, those are guys that are consistently in the top five NBA players in the league year in, year out. So what I'm saying is, don't tell me that R.J. Barrett's going to be a top five player in the leagues. That's why I'm telling you he can't be a one. I don't care where he was drafted. It's about pairing Donovan Mitchell with another player. I'm getting to that Julius Randle is replaceable and you can replace him with other young talent in a, but, in a package who, or a because you're right. But Julius Randle's not a top 25 player. And if, if no. RJ Barrett gets there, then you're looking at RJ Barrett, Donovan Mitchell, give me someone better than Julius Randle. And that's a team that can really compete for a title. So that's okay. why I think that the Russell Westbrook move to me is appealing. And then throw in the mix that you have Jalen Brunson on a, on a pretty solid contract for how good of a player he is. You ask him to be the third best player on that team. That's a really good team. That's a really good or the fourth best player. That's a that's a great team. So but I think they, it's he's about to be the fourth best player in the team or the third best player, depending on how you look at Randall tonight with Donovan Mitchell and RJ Barrett, Julius Randall and Jalen Brunson. Like that's at least a competitive roster, like a competitive five. I think the thing for me is, is like you, you I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like realistically, we've always been like you can't win with James Harden. You can't win with Russell Westbrook. You can't win with so and so. Because you could only win with four guys. It's only been in the last couple of years. You could only really win with if you have Steph, if you have LeBron, if you have Kawhi, or if you have Giannis now. He's won. Like, Luka hasn't won yet, and he's a, and we consider him a top-five player in the league. Like, you really need to have one of those an, and on a combination of an unbelievable roster and, quite frankly, a combination of luck. There has to be some sort of luck involved, generally. Like... You know, I'm not saying that the, I mean, the Bucks didn't get lucky, but Kawhi doesn't get that other championship with the Raptors if KD and, and Clay don't go down. LeBron may not have that championship in Cleveland if Draymond doesn't get suspended for game five. Everyone came at me, you know, with like, oh, the, I got in an argument with a Knicks fan 
one of our buddies who was saying that the Celtics would not have made the finals if Middleton didn't get hurt, which I agree with and you agree with, but that's also part of the game. Then we should just go back and take away Kawhi's ring and all that because that's just a part of the game. It's an aspect. If guys get hurt, they get hurt. It's a part of being lucky. You have to have some luck involved, you know, generally not a lot, but a little bit helps. I mean, you kind of have to operate, and this is against what I think of. Like, I'm quick like, to blow. I'm quick to blow it up usually, but like, you have to at least operate in my mind with the idea that RJ Barrett has that potential still, because guys, he's still only 22. So he's entering his what third year or second year? Third year, right? Third fourth. Year. Fourth year. No, it's his fourth year. I mean, I don't know. You know, I I, I think he's gotten better and better each year. I think last year, yeah, it's, he's about to be his fourth year. He had 20 he's, points per game last year. He's on track to be an all-star. Is he on track to be an all-NBA all first-teamer guy? No. Not to me, he's not. Devin Booker and Jason Tatum both got their all-NBA first teams for the first time this year, right? How much older are they than R.J. Barrett? One year? He's not on that same track. He's just not. He's not the same caliber of player as those two guys are. And Devin Booker, who I have ahead of Donovan Mitchell, a guy that also went to the NBA Finals, playing with Chris Paul, one of the guys who's you know a top three point guard of all time to ever play the game. I just think that it's... I, I like R.J. Barrett a lot, but you have to... I, I think you just have to make sure that you're understanding like where, where they are. And it's also within the context of the Eastern Conference because even as good as those four guys that they currently have, if they trade for, sorry, those four guys saying they trade for Donovan Mitchell, it's Donovan, Jalen, RJ, and Julius. You still have to play Boston. You still have to play Milwaukee. Let's see what the Miami Heat do because now they're the front runners to make a move on, on KD if he goes anywhere. If he doesn't go anywhere, you know, you still have KD in, in Brooklyn and you still have Philadelphia with Joel Embiid and the extra pieces that they've added. So Cleveland, I just think Cleveland and Chicago. I mean, the East is tight and Atlanta. The East is ridiculous. But what do you do then if you're the Knicks? Like, what do you do? Like, you have to like try to compete. No, I, I think it's a, I think it's about bringing good basketball back to New York. And Donovan Mitchell is the best player that they've had on that team in the last eight years. So since Carmelo yeah. Anthony. Since Carmel. Yeah. So definitely, definitely bring that in. People will get hyped about it. He's a local guy and everyone loves a good guard in New York. So I, I, I'm, I'm here for it. I just, I'm not expecting them to get to the Eastern conference finals. No, I mean the West is, the West is a conceivably easier route to navigate. I would think because obviously you have the defending champion warriors. Yeah. You don't know how the nuggets are going to be because they're so injury prone. We'll see if the Grizzlies are for real or if that was kind of or if they'll kind of come back, booby down back to life. But like outside of that, like y'all are y'all are really good. What are the Lakers? I mean, Phoenix should be really good once again. Should be really good once again. The Clippers should be really good. But we have to see how all these teams operate. I mean, there's a lot of good basketball. I think we can we can lock Phoenix into being a really good team. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So Phoenix, Golden State, y'all. But then there's like a lot of like we want to. I want to say the Clippers. I want to say the Pelicans. I want to say the Grizzlies again because they were second in the West. We have, and I want to say the Lakers too. But we have to see how the, all these well, teams and the, the, and the, the Wolves. The Wolves will for sure win fifty plus games. 
Yeah. But that means yes, but some teams are going to have to lose. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent in the NBA. There's a lot of good teams. Even like the bad team, like the Spurs stink. Yeah. But then even you go to a team like the Pistons, it's a lot of young talent there. Like the Rockets are going to be really bad, but it's not through the fault of like they've drafted well. They have like the right guys in the building to build around. They just yeah. are so young and they can't compete physically. Yeah, this the Spurs and the Rockets are a step behind everyone else in the NBA right now. From as far as quality product, what they're going to put on the court this year. Yeah. Like what are the Blazers going to do? I like, mean, that was they it. brought in, they brought in Jeremy Grant. Like they re-signed Nurkic. They've got Simons and, and Dame. Like that's a, that's a bubble. That's a playing team, right? Yeah. Should be. Should be a playing team. It's crazy. I mean, what do you, I don't, how do you even combat, I mean, you want every team to be competitive and good on a given night, but there are so many talented basketball players out there just because of the meteoric rise in the NBA. And like what kind of money comes with being a basketball player versus kind of any other sport now? Endorsement deals, contracts, now contracts, because the contracts in basketball have superseded the contracts in baseball. So you, the NBA is going to have to kind of to alleviate some of the competition and create some like you, you need a bottom pretty much. You need a fair bottom. You they're gonna have to add two teams. Two bad teams. They're gonna have to make two really crappy teams. That'll be interesting to see what that expansion looks like. Expansion draft, how that affects current rosters. Complete it could completely shake up the NBA. Well, you move you add two teams, you probably had a team in Seattle, you probably had a team in Vegas, and you probably move New Orleans over to the east. Yeah. Well, think about how that affects certain GMs and owners' current approaches, right? Because a lot of times, like with the Bobcats, they were given top picks, right? So so what happens to like the Spurs, the Rockets, the Thunder, who have aggregated all these picks? Like, will they will they be pushed out because these new teams have to be given the top picks? That's a we can, yeah, I mean, we had to look at. I want to. It's curious. We should go back and look at the drafts where the Bobcats first entered the league and see how those teams were affected. Um, that's a really interesting deep dive. Uh, we're not going to do it in this next segment the, or on the show, but I actually want to maybe, you know, maybe we split a bottle of vino cheap from Trader Joe's toss and get wine drunk and figure this out one Friday night. Uh, we're the charity stripe. We'll be back in just a hot second. Josh Fisher, Alexander Disopolis. Hit your free throws, baby. We're back, baby. It's the charity try to pitch your free throws because they're free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tsopolis. We were having a debate about we'll just close out talking about some TV. We were having a slight debate on a work Zoom with people we kind of just met. <laughs> we're about to get into debate about and this is a little sports centric because it takes place in Chicago and people in Chicago love sports. And I compared it to Ted Lasso a little bit. The TV show Bear. We both Double. very much the bear. the bear. We both we both very much enjoy it. I used to work as a waiter in the restaurant industry, so people yelling in the kitchen. It's very it's very on point. People really do talk like that, and it's crazy. And yeah, chef. I, I mean, yeah, I had to say that all the time. I I think people. I said it's very similar to Ted Lasso in the vibes. 
it just gives me like you know group that shouldn't be together coming together you have one angry guy who's resistant but it's, it's like he's still got got power and it's important that like like Roy Kent and like the cousin like in in the bear like have similar vibes you know what i'm saying young I people guess. coming in it's just in. like it's just like Ted Lasso is a feel-good like family show. So this bear, is feel-good vibes. The bear is not a feel. I would describe it as a feel-good show. I think it's. I think it's a show that's about what family means to a lot of people, but I don't think it's in the same way that like you could show a ten-year-old Ted Lasso. Like he's basically having a a nervous breakdown on every single episode. It's like high anxiety. It's high stress. It's high pressure. He Just has like, nervous breakdowns in Ted Lasso too, though. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's Panic just the, attacks. The vibe is so different. It's a little nicer. It's a little more family friendly. It's a little. No, less, it's a lot. Want, it's a lot nicer. It's a lot. It's a lot nicer. But there's still aspects that are not like kid kid friendly in Ted Lasso. I mean, there's still some adult mature content. It's Apple TV versus FX. I mean, FX is de- definitely like a lot darker and tends to be. But Ted, I Lasso, still, Ted Lasso's press conferences. Don't get shot up. There's a shooting in the first episode in the pilot. the The restaurant that they work in gets sh- guns. Fly, a, a bullet flies through the window. It's a it's it's a desk pop for all intents and purposes. It flies by like the new employee who's starting her first day. Yeah, it's definitely a little intense. Um, but we could continue this debate another time. Joshua Fisher, great show though. Check, check it, it out. It's a great show. It's a really awesome on Hulu. You'll, it's awesome. You will be very hungry. Eat before you watch the show because you're going to be hungry afterwards if you don't. So hungry. Fans out there, drag both feet and bounce around a foul, full count, rip that puck, hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free. Hit your free throws wide toss. Because they're free. Because they're free. We all We love you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.